What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Reports College Football and NFL Draft Podcast. It's a beautiful Friday morning, so I got Mellow, as always, sitting across from me with new Natty Lights. No more skunked beer. New Natty Lights. We have good beer this time, and uh, you even got the Tall Boys, which is nice. Tall Boys, 16 ounces. Not the biggest you can find, but they're good. They're I, cold. I saw you say you'd been dehydrated, so I wanted to take care of you. A special treat for everyone tonight. A lot of special treats, but the biggest one, the best one. We got Connor Shotgun Rogers riding alongside with us tonight. I, don't know, I just made that. I would up. definitely disagree. I am not the biggest or best surprise on this show today <laughs> well, at all. But I, I, I'm really happy to be here. If I if I could just tell people what they're getting tonight. Not only do you get the trio for a Friday morning, which is nice enough, you also get an interview with Patrick motherfucking MVP Mahomes on the show because, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's the stickies. Mello, we're giving away some awards tonight, and we got our guest of the year, Pat Mahomes, joining us. Yeah, we do, and he was very excited to come on the show. We talked to him about a lot of interesting things, too, not just the stickies. Uh, we even dove into baseball, his thoughts on Kyler Murray, and even talked about his old ball coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and what he's going to bring to the Cardinals. Yeah, a lot of fun. We are going to get into all the coaching news and notes. I know, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone wants to know what Connor thinks about the Adam Gase hire. Everyone wants to know what we think about the Kyler Murray news that we broke, by the way. So we're going to talk about all those things, but we do have some fun awards to give away tonight to you guys, our listeners, because we love you so very much. So much. So. I absolutely can't wait, especially with all the coaching hires that's gone on. This is just a, a, one of the more loaded rundowns we've ever had. Absolutely. Yes. Let's jump into it then. All right. We talk a lot about free agency in the NFL. How about free agency in college? Two of the bigger named quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, won a national championship at Alabama. Excuse me, took Alabama to a national championship. He has a ring. Okay. He's, he's a got one. And Tate Martell are both in the transfer database right now. That means they put their name out there. College coaches can recruit them basically to come to their school. Uh, talk to Tate Martell a little bit today to get an idea where he's going. I'm sorry, I can't break any news on that yet. Jalen Hurts is probably the biggest one. And most people are putting these guys in the middle of the country, whether it's Houston with Dana Holgerson, Texas A&M, maybe Lincoln Riley gets one of them to replace Kyler Murray. But Mello, you've been all over the transfer stuff. What are you thinking on these two? Off the top, I love what they're doing in the NCAA, let these boys transfer. Like, I don't care about them sitting out a year. Let them go play. Take a year away of eligibility if you want, whatever it is. Just let them play immediately because it is. It's free agency, and I think it brings a level of excitement that we haven't seen before in the NCAA. Jalen Hurts, he puts his name in the portal as well as Tate Martell. Uh, one thing I do want to say is I don't know that either of them will transfer. Uh, they did put their name in the portal, which is great. But I don't know that that means they have to transfer. I think right now they're kind of weighing their options to see what is going to happen. Uh, I've talked about Jalen Hurts before and kind of what I thought. I have a new take on that. I thought Alabama might be the front runner, or sorry, Auburn might be the front runner for that job. I don't think it is anymore. This is a guy who just graduated from Alabama. He got the standing ovation at the ceremony. I don't think he's going to give the big fuck you to Alabama like he thought he was and go to Auburn. Uh, if I were a betting man right now, I would put three jobs at the top of my list. Tennessee, where they have Jeremy Pruitt, who is offensive coordinator at Alabama for a little bit. That's job number one. Spot number two, how about Maryland, where they have uh, Mike Loxley, who was <laughs> the offensive coordinator at Alabama for a little bit. Or, I don't know, maybe even Florida Atlantic, because they had... <laughs> Like an offensive coordinator <laughs> from that. Alabama for a little bit. But those three spots, they are good. They're new coaches, and they need a solid quarterback. And that's what Jalen Hurts can bring to any team that he goes to. Yeah, I love it. And, Connor, you have always been on the Tate Martell wagon. Maybe not like I know Dwayne Haskins was your guy, but you know Tate Martell's game. Looking at him, a lot of people are going to see, like let's just be honest, they're going to see a short, white, headbanded quarterback who does kind of look like you. Cocky, chip on his shoulder. He has to go to Oklahoma, right? I mean, when I look at Tate Martell, he's a guy that is probably going to be very successful at the college level just off of his natural, gifted, athletic ability. He's a guy that will run around. He's small like Kyler Murray. He doesn't have the same arm like Kyler Murray, but he could still make plays. I want him to go to Oklahoma. I actually have a gut feeling it'll be a Pac-12 school. It'll be interesting to see whether it's a UCLA and Oregon. Now, I know those aren't as promising as Oklahoma, but the Sooners have some guys coming in that I think they're pretty happy with. I'm not saying... They won't be interested at all, but 
if you're Tate Martell and you're looking at this situation where you were a highly recruited quarterback coming out of a big high school and you went to Ohio State and the rug was really pulled out from under you quickly. And once again, that's fine. Ryan Day and Justin Fields, that's an amazing combo in the country. And I understand why Ryan Day and this new era of the Buckeyes did this. But if you're Martell, you're looking to go somewhere probably where you're the face of the franchise, essentially. You're the face of the program. And I do think that's why it'll be a little more of a safer route. Hey, man, I agree with you, too. I, I'm leaning towards Pac-12, and I had UCLA at the top of my list, too. I, that's an area he's from. I'm pretty sure he's a California kid. He obviously he yep. went to school at Bishop Gorman uh, right there in Las Vegas. I wouldn't even rule out UNLV uh, just because they have his old football coach. He went from coaching high school football straight to D1 football. I don't know if you can rule him out, but if I mean, I'm Tate Martell, I'm not going to UNLV, but I do think UCLA is an intriguing place because they do have uh, Chip Kelly who runs that style of offense that Tate Martell would be so good in. So I, I do like that landing spot for him as far as fit goes. And also I want to keep him as far away from Norman as possible. Like go to Oregon. That's great with me. Just don't go to OU. Can I, I just want to add this. A lot of people in the past, like last year when we heard about guys transferring and even Jalen hurts name came up last summer. We heard a lot about transfers. People talk so much about Texas and Texas A&M. It, it feels good now because of Kellen Monda A&M and Sam Ellinger at Texas that they're really not talked about anymore. Like when Kelly Bryant was going to transfer, it's like we're not we're not talking about Kelly Bryant going to Austin. We're not talking about Kelly no. Bryant going to College Station. So I, I think it's refreshing if you are a fan of one of the schools in Texas. Maybe we could see Houston get involved, but it, it is nice. And like you said, Melo, Jalen Hurts has graduated. He could play right away. Exactly, and that's what I was going to get into. Like Jalen Hurts, he cannot he can go be right now. Right, he can go to any school that he wants to. He's a grad transfer, uh, so he will play next year. He can't be blocked from any SEC schools. He can go wherever the hell he yeah, wants. Like you said, he could go to Auburn and play right away. Uh, let's move on to the Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. Like I said, we broke the news Wednesday morning. He's going to the NFL. Uh, it's been verified. He hasn't announced officially as of Thursday night when we're recording this, but it's happening, folks. It's going to happen. Cliff Kingsbury gets hired to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And immediately, I think Sports Illustrated did it first. They find a clip from, I believe, September or October. Cliff says... Man, if I, it, I think they should draft Kyler Murray as the number one pick in the NFL draft. Now, coincidentally enough, he has the number one pick in the draft. I want to get both your opinions, and I'll get mine too. Is that just like coach speak, where you're just like blowing some smoke to the guy that you're about to play and trying to make him look good, or do you guys believe that hey, there's there's some truth to this? Cliff Kingsbury likes Kyler Murray. Maybe they should trade Josh Rosen. I know Ian Rappaport said that was ludicrous per a, a Cardinals official, but. Like Connor, you first. What do you what do you think about this? About the fit, and then are the Cardinals crazy enough to do this? First off, Matt, I don't think it's that crazy at all. Now, is it crazy if you go draft Kyler Murray first overall and trade Josh Rosen? Yes, it's it's nuts. It's like really wild for the draft scene. But I don't think it's as far fetched. Some people are laughing this off and also bringing up reasons that just aren't. All right, let's clear a couple things up just to make it clear here. He did not choose the Cardinals over the Jets. The Jets did not offer Cliff Kingsbury the job. I I want that to be front and center that the job offer for Cliff Kingsbury was the Arizona Cardinals, which in a trickle effect does not mean he chose Josh Rosen. He chose the job, which was the only one offered to him. So when you look at it, we don't know what Cliff Kingsbury thinks of Josh Rosen. You can go on good morning football and say he's a great thrower of the football and he can make all the throws. That does not mean anything. Now, what we do have to speculate is how much personnel power does Cliff Kingsbury had? Did he bring this up in the interview? There's such a trickle effect here where I'm just going to say I'm not ready to rule this out. I think it would be foolish to rule this out because I think one, if he doesn't like Josh Rosen, he's still a valuable trade asset where you could probably get a first round pick for him. Number two. They have the number one overall pick and you've chosen for the next four years with a fifth year option that belongs to the team to make this the Cliff Kingsbury era. This is the best opportunity you will ever have to construct his offense to perfection. If he feels that is through Kyler Murray running it, then you listen to him or you didn't shouldn't hire him in the first place. So that's my point here. I don't think this when Adam Schefter speaks, 
I listen. I think there's legs to this. It doesn't mean it's happening. It doesn't mean it's a favorite to happen. I just think it's worth monitoring in the next few months down the line. Oh, and I'm totally with you, too. At first, I, I saw the clip like everybody else did, and I, I thought to myself, like, that is, that's just ridiculous. Like, you would not trade a top 10 pick from last year at the quarterback position. But as the day goes on, you start to hear rumblings that there's actually some weight to this, like, it might actually be something. So we don't know. Maybe Kingsbury did say in his interview, like, I know you have the first pick. Kyler is my guy. I've loved him since he was in high school. Maybe he does want to target him with that first pick. And I think you could probably get a King's ransom for Josh Rosen in this draft because there are not prospects like Josh Rosen this year. I would, I was going to jump point. in on that. Josh Rosen would be my number one quarterback in this draft. Over, oh, yeah. over Kyler Murray, over Dwayne Haskins, over Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Ryan Finley, Will Greer, the list goes on. He would be my number one quarterback. So if you're the Giants with the sixth pick in the draft, would you not trade for Josh Rose and the Jags with the seventh pick? And yes, you exactly. could say no brainer. Well, we, we've already seen what he is, and there's only four years left on his deal. He threw 11 touchdowns and 14 interceptions with no offensive line, an offensive coordinator that got fired at midseason, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald's a, a Hall of Famer, but he's not that anymore. Oh, like, he's, he's, like, he's, he's a, not Larry what, Fitzgerald. 35, right? So. I do think that Rosen, like you said, you get a King's ransom. And I just don't think people should irresponsibly squash this if they like Adam Schefter is the most plugged in man in the football world. If he says something like Connor said, we all listen and let's not act like collectively the three of us have not heard something very similar to this. within the last month that when Kingsbury yep. went to USC, it was like, you know who he loves? Kyler Murray. When he started taking head coach interviews, you know, who he loves Kyler Murray. So this is something that we have heard. And I'm not just like trying to say that to puff our chest up and make it look like we know what we're talking about. You guys know I own that stuff when it's not there. But I think that this has legs. It's something worth monitoring. And I do. I think we can go around the horn on this if you guys want, or we can I can speak collectively for us. Kyler Murray is going to be a first round pick if he commits to football. Oh, no doubt about it. And it will get interesting because if he does not sign or sorry, he already signed. But if he does not go play baseball, he's got to pay back that contract. The like four point six million dollars that was contingent on him coming to play for the A's. And if he doesn't do it. He's going to have to pay that back. So I think that makes things interesting, too. And another a couple interesting dates to keep in mind. Spring training for baseball is around the middle of February, February 15th, 14th, somewhere around there. The old NFL combine is at the end of February. So, right. I mean, we will get this news soon, obviously. But if he doesn't report, report to spring training, you know that he's going to the combine. And I just I can't see him being fully preparing for the combine if you're going to spring training. You can't. And it's I think it's got to be one or the other. There will there might not be an official deadline, but there will be a deadline uh, among NFL teams where like I said if he commits to football he's a first rounder. If he tries to, you know, keep one foot on each side of the line, it's a completely different conversation. I I've told the story before that when Derek Carr was coming out, I had a scout knock him cuz he was married with a kid. So it's like, "Oh, yeah. they're going to take his time away from football." This is a different sport. It's this is not 1990 where Dion could go across the street and play for the Braves and the Falcons. So also one more thing, guys, don't you think that Kyler Murray wouldn't be leaning towards the NFL if he wasn't sure he's going to be a first round pick? Right. right. Yeah. Like yeah. He, I mean, come on. They talk to people like, yeah, I'm sure he know. put his name through the advisory committee, too, and he got a grade back regardless of what his plans were. And. I think that he probably did get a first round grade back when he when he did get that letter. But yeah, he's going to have that security of knowing, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to go be a, a third round pick in the NFL when I was just a top 10 pick in baseball. I'm going to be a first round guy and probably quarterback one on a lot of teams boards. Let's jump into the head coaching news, because I know people want to hear about that. Let's start with Bruce Arians. Uh, he says the only job he would take coming out of retirement, Cleveland. Well, now he's in Tampa Bay, so I guess it was like, well, well, let's just dip my toe back in, and now I'm a Bucks head coach. Arians just he feels and looks like a Tampa Bay head coach. Like he just he fits <laughs> yeah. the role, everything about him, and it seems like he's getting the old gang back together from his Arizona days. It and, really is. I mean, possibly bringing in Bowles, bringing in Leftwich with him. So a lot of good movement there. I'm just not sure if I want to hitch my horse to uh, Jameis Winston. I don't. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. A lot of people say if anyone could fix him, it's Bruce Arians. And I actually, okay, I agree with that. But 
that's the if anyone. That's not saying he can be. We've seen who he is as a quarterback, whether it's at Florida State or in the NFL, not to mention his off-field stuff that's going on. So uh, I'm not a believer in Jameis Winston. If if Bruce Arians can fix him, then my goodness, he's a, a much better coach than any of us thought. Don't you kind of feel like there's no fixing Jameis Winston? It's more just maximizing his skills. He's always going to throw double-digit interceptions. That's always who he's going to be. When you look at a guy like Carson Palmer, that in a stretch of his career with the Bengals and the Raiders, he was a guy that the touchdown-interception ratio wasn't always the best, You know, especially with the Raiders there for a little bit in that first year. Then you go to Arizona and you work with Arians, and you start to knock that down. In 2015, 35 touchdowns, 11 picks. 2016, 26 touchdowns, 14 picks. I think that's more what we're looking at here where it's, okay, this guy's going to turn the ball over. He's going to air it out. But can I maximize his ability on the big shots? And, and I guess that's the selling point with bringing Arians there. Yeah, it really is. And and as we've seen with all these hires, like literally all of them except for Vic Fangio going to Denver, it's all about offense. Zach Taylor to Cincinnati, Adam Gase to the Jets, Bruce Arians to Tampa, uh, Matt LaFleur to Green Bay. It, everything is about offense. We'll see what the Dolphins do if they're waiting for like an Eric Bieniemy or if they're going to go, if they're going to be a team that goes the defensive route. It's going to be fascinating to see. But uh, here's the moment that most people have been waiting for not the Mahomes interview, not the stickies. They want to hear Connor's thoughts on Adam Gase. <laughs> and when the Gase hire got announced, I tweeted, was like, Connor knows how happy I am about this. People are like, you're being sarcastic. No, sir. I am actually very excited about this, but as our resident Jets expert, hell, you have a Jets podcast, you're not just our resident expert. What is your like three minute pitch on whether Jets fans should, you know, buy stock in alcohol or be pretty excited about this? Well, do both. I mean, that's just the key to life. But when you look at this, I almost felt like Matt was preparing me for this because over the course when he was in New York City for like 24 hours, the, throughout the various meals and drinks we had, he we went through all the coaching candidates and you had a very positive take on Gase while whether it's Twitter or just fans did not, whether it's people from Miami did not. But there are people in the media that have vouched for him. But the bottom line is here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I liked Todd Munkin more. I liked Matt Rule a little more, but I also understand why Matt Rule was not hired. Matt Rule was not offered the job. Also, I, I know there's a lot out there saying that Jets tried to force feed a staff towards him. That's not even it either. I think they were trying to help him because coming out of the Baylor program, Matt Rule did not have the capability yet to put an adequate staff in place there. So I understand why you don't take that one. Todd Munkin, uh, there's no excuse to me. I thought he should have been the hire. But Adam Gase is the coach of the New York Jets. And I think one thing that's really bothered me, especially being in New York City, guys, the radio here is just can't stop talking about Mike McCarthy and, or killing Gase. Those are the only two things going on. Adam Gase has been labeled as a either a bad hire or a, a safe, boring hire or a bad football coach. And this is none of any of those. He is one, not a bad football coach. He is too, I mean, he's an average guy. The record speaks to what he is with what he's won and lost with. Brock Osweiler, Jay Cutler, Ryan Tannehill. And I know that Adam Gase wanted to get a quarterback there in Miami to be their franchise passer and was not given the ability to do so. So I don't think you can blame him for being stuck playing with those guys. So yes, this might sound like me sugarcoating or defending the hire. And I've been out in front that this was not my first or second choice. But when it comes down to it, this is not a guy that's going to bomb out. This is, and I know, Matt, you have a lot to say about this. This is someone who will make Sam Darnold a better player. And at the end of the day, unlike the Todd Bowles era, this is somebody who's going to come in and hold people accountable. That's Enough with the, the bullshitting and pussyfooting and actually come out ready to play. And if you don't like him, Maybe you just didn't meet his expectations. I think that's been the problem where the narrative around Adam Gase is wrong. You remember when jo Jamal Adams came out and was like, we need to get more dogs? He didn't just mean players. Like They, needed people, they need people in the coaching staff that aren't going to make you fall asleep in meetings because they're so damn dry and boring. So Adam Gase is an ass kicker. And there were going to be players in Miami who didn't like him because of that. And guess what? There are a lot of players that don't like Bill Belichick, too. And there are a lot of players that didn't like Bill Walsh. And I've, I've even heard Julian Edelman talk about, like, yeah, he's not a likable guy, but you win some Super Bowls yeah, there. So you become he, more likable. He does likeable. need to be humbled a little bit. I will say that. And it's going to be tough fired, in the New York media. 
Yeah, getting fired probably did humble him. But here's my my reason that I'm optimistic. And I I told Connor, I told everyone I know that that's I wanted Adam Gase uh, to get the Jets job because I believe that he was the best guy to help Sam Darnold. Not only Darnold, but also the receivers. You have some talented receivers, Quincy Anuma, Robbie Anderson. Like you have some dudes there that have really been handcuffed by this parade of poor offensive coordinators. You know, whether it was Jeremy Bates or you know whoever the hell they had before him. Like these guys who just d- don't know what they're doing. <laughs> this wasn't good. Thank God they're getting away from the the you know, 20 years ago, West Coast offense now. And I know Adam Gase is a West Coast disciple, but look at what he did with Peyton Manning. And the fact that Peyton Manning vouches for him says a lot to me, right? Peyton Manning's not the kind of guy that's just going to throw his name around and be like, hey, you should hire this guy. So I think we'll see some innovation. We'll see Sam Darnold take that next step in his development. And I'm always against the idea that, oh, well, you know, he he couldn't develop Ryan Tannehill, so he must not be very good. You know what? Maybe Ryan Tannehill just sucks, guys. Like, Texas A&M quarterback, of course he does. Yeah, like maybe you, maybe or there was nothing receiver. there to develop. <laughs> you know, like oh, I, you couldn't develop Blake Bortles. This is another in- instance where you make a first round quarterback. Like this is a guy that probably yeah. should have been drafted like third round, maybe gets into round two. But there were no other really good quarterbacks, so we're gonna make a quarterback, and we're kind of seeing it this year too, where you will draft a guy in the first round, and I think that was what Ryan Tannehill was. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. So it is a lot of coaching news and notes. Uh, We're going to get to more of them. I'm sure Monday morning we'll talk about Zach Taylor. Once that news, uh, if it's official by then, if the Dolphins have a coach, we'll talk about that. And actually, as we were sitting here, guys, I got a text and said that Brian Flores might be their guy, the linebackers coach for the Patriots. So they might actually go defense a little bit. So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on, a lot of really – it's a fun time of year. And also, I'm in L.A. next week for the NFL PA Bowl, so – yeah, no a lot going on. And I, I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going to go try to get um, McVeigh on my resume. Just speak for <laughs> me a little bit about any job openings. I think I you'll actually, get one. I said on radio Thursday, I said, you know, I'm 35 years old. I coached quarterbacks for two years in high school, and uh, I'm very offensive on Twitter. So people should just give me the job because it's it. offensive. This is a joke. Guys, you've been asking for it for, it seems like, months now. You wanted the stickies, some awards for our listeners. We got some of our guests involved, too. Uh, But we're just going to run down some topics. You nominated some of these people. Other people we just kind of came up with. So these are our stickies for the year of 2018. So if you are one of our listeners that does get the shout-out today, make sure you retweet it for all your friends to see. Uh, maybe even look in the mail, maybe a DM for some merch that you can get. But let's get it off right here. The significant other of the year. So I'm not even sure if this one is a listener, but I know her boyfriend is. I want to give a shout-out here because she puts up with all my shit on Twitter. Anything that I come at her with, I even said that I was going to drive to their house on Saturday night just so that I could hang out with them and watch football. I'm going with Kyla Hayes here. Her boyfriend, Kiefer, Dan Kiefer, <laughs> absolutely great power couple, maybe even the couple of stick to football. But I got to give a shout out to her for all the shit that she puts up with on Twitter. She is the stick to football significant other of the year. And that's a big award because we have a lot of significant others that listen to this show. We really do. I'm just happy that my significant other did not win this award because her ego couldn't have handled it. So, number one, thank you for that. Uh, but Kyla is great. I, I think an honorable mention goes out to all the sticky girlfriends who've been like <laughs> sticky Whoa. girlfriends phrasing uh, who have been drugged that's to so a tailgate bad. tour. Right. That's true. Like, we've met so many even right, like sisters. in the rain. <laughs> right. Sisters. Yeah. Why is it always raining? The girl <laughs> uh, at Ohio State who had to take her dip out to chug. <laughs> is she a significant? She took a dip out to chug a bush light. There's no way she's a significant other. If she no, is, she's my wife is what she is. <laughs> if she is, she deserves an award because that was an amazing... Be on the lookout for 2019. Maybe she's your gal. Maybe she makes the list. All right, Mel, that was a significant other, and I actually got confused about Twitter name and significant other. I thought they were connected, but they're not connected. No, they're not at all. Next category. uh, In the running here, we had a couple of them. Twitter name for 2018 stickies goes to 
Dan, 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 Dan. I don't even know how many Dans are in his Twitter name, uh, but I see every time this guy likes a post because it's like, why is that username 140 characters long? I don't even know how long you can have a username. He has the longest one. A couple other people that I do want to give a shout out to is is definitely uh, it means no Corey. It means no Corey's was my guy. Yeah. We've been talking about him. You were a close second, but this year doesn't mean you're out for next year. We are going to go with Dan, 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 Dan. And I'll tell you, it doesn't hurt that he made it out to the tailgate tour. And I'm looking at his Twitter name now, and I think we've been saying it wrong. I think it's Dan, da da dan da da dan da da Like, it's like, yeah, like roll your Ds. Yeah, because the it's D-A-N, then it's D-A-D, D-A-N, D-A-N. So it's Dan, da da dan da da dan 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 That's even better. Honestly, that's even better. The creativity from the stickies is big. Connor, any runners up for you in the Twitter name category? Oh, I just want to give my favorite Dan, da da dan memory is when we're at the tailgate tour and Ohio State scored, which was a lot against Michigan. He ran across the entire parking lot away from the trailer. I mean, he probably runs like a four four forty, and he runs <laughs> with like boots and a hoodie on. Yeah, and then runs back. So just I just want to. Yeah, this was well deserved. The dedication was there, and it was absolutely awesome. And he, uh, he I did think, that for yeah. every score too. Everyone, like, not every like he did one. it the first time. He did it every time. <laughs> My man literally took a lap he around the parking that lot. day. Yeah, yeah, like if I could have run that far, I'd be in so much better shape. Uh, but that's not the case for me. So definitely proud of you, Dan. Thanks for making it out to our tailgate tour. And thank you for having a fantastic username here. Uh, let's go on to our next one. This one was listener nominated. So we have a couple different football leagues that we've done. Uh, we have a fantasy football league that we did this year. We have the Madden leagues that we do. And Nick Miller was actually nominated by some of our other listeners, a couple different ones, for the Football League Commissioner of the Year. Goes out to Nick Miller. Apparently, he is just running this thing just clean as can be, doing a great job out there. We appreciate you taking control of that whole thing, Nick. Take note, Roger Goodell. Yeah, I mean, if you ever need another running, like maybe this is the first step. Maybe that's how we get our in with the NFL. Maybe it is. I also love his name because Nick Miller was my favorite character on New Girl. I know. I see it on Twitter sometimes, and I think it's the actor. But you think his, it's Jake? Yeah. His name is not Nick Miller. This is actually a real guy who's one hell of a uh, commissioner. Well, when you have that kind of rep in the stick to football community, I think it says something. I think that was the only listener-nominated award. So uh, big tip of the cap to Nick Miller. Yeah, definitely. It was one of the only listener nominated ones. And, you know, we we do have to give these guys credit. I know we do have a lot of different leagues uh, and we are boldly just saying we don't want any part of it. Like, <laughs> I was right. going to say, I just found out about one of them the other yeah, day. Right. Cats out of the bag. We didn't exactly participate uh, to the fullest extent when with the fantasy football league. I, I honestly forgot my password before the first week of the season. Same. Um, Never revisited. I have no idea how we finished in the state. I have a, because I feel like it would be cheating because I'm, you know, a god at football. That was a joke. Uh, I, when we do fantasy drafts, I draft my team and I don't change my lineup. And uh, I know in our friend league, I won two games this year. And I think in the stick to football league, I won two games as well. So I mean, I was going to say like, yeah, fantasy football is its own beast. Like people can be good at it. that don't even like know anything about football you just you look at matchups and predicted points and things and sometimes you hit it's just it's a weird thing i think if you're just organized yeah let, let's go into our next award it kind of rolls right into this here uh because we did have a fantasy football uh player of the year and i don't know how we let this guy win it won't award. happen again I mean, it won't happen again <laughs> we tried, we'll never hear the end of it we anyway. tried so hard to keep him off this list but my guy just went hard, and he did everything that he could to win a sticky this year. <laughs> Daniel Barnes won our fantasy football league. We talk about this guy all the time. Uh, weird AF for sure, but Danny boy, I love you, man. You might be one of my favorite Dans now that uh, dead Dan's dead. So we appreciate all you do for the show, and uh, congratulations winning a sticky and winning our fantasy football league. This is my last Friday show. There's no way I could do this. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Connor's being uh, brought back on a Friday show. She's like, oh, my God. What? What did you guys do? I forgot do? what, what they did. What is this? 
uh, I, we do love Dan Burns. We met this guy a year ago at the Combine, and my first thought was, did Andrew Luck's family, like, try to clone him and mess up? Like, what happened? Because they look alike, right? They but do. he's, it's like, beard. but he's shorter. So it's, like, uh-huh. not, he got, like, all of Andrew Luck's love of concrete and none of his athletic ability, <laughs> you know? But And we rip on Dan because we love him. Like, that's how we, like, if we make fun of you on this show, we probably like you a whole lot. Unless you're, you know. I'm not going to, unless you're Clay, Clay Travis, then we just don't like you. Uh, right. It, I had exactly. a crazy bet with him over AJ McCarron, I think throwing for 20 touchdowns this year and Jesus less Christ. than 10 interceptions. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, I won. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even finish on the same team. <laughs> he barely so. made a team. <laughs> so, uh, really good stuff from Dan Barnes. I can't wait to see what you want to bet with me this year. Uh, and I didn't even take anything from you because it was just such a sad, sad bet. Right, right, right. Uh, let's get into our next category. I don't know how many we had nominated uh, for this one, but we did have a very special moment uh, in 2018. We had a gender reveal, and we also had a baby born. So the stick to football baby of the year, I wish I knew its name, but I know the father, Andrew Harbaugh, you have the stick to football baby of the year. Uh, go ahead, give that baby a big old kiss on the head for me, Uncle Mello. And uh, tell him we love him because he is the stick to football baby of the year. I forgot that we did a gender reveal. Oh, my gosh. Why do people trust us with this stuff? I don't know. Uh, And our guy, Mike Hubbard, actually messaged me today. He's having a girl. They did the gender thing today. Having a girl. So we there's like the thing is like y'all who won the first stickies like. There's competition now. People are coming for you. Oh, it's coming. You. It's coming. So watch out. Like, I know people who are just going to get pregnant so their baby can be the stick to right? football baby I mean, of the year. It's January. It's you time. have time. Go ahead. Do your business. Make the baby now. You can be the I 2019. I might have to get in the contest. There you go. There you go I'm thinking Connor. about it. <laughs> I'm going to get onesies made with the stick to football logo and just send them out. to. If a listener has a baby, they're getting a onesie from me, guaranteed. Love All right, it. that's a bold guarantee from and a guy that doesn't deal. know where the post office is. I don't know where the post office is. <laughs> if you will, if you're a listener and you will name your baby after me, I will. Jesus Christ! I will donate a thousand dollars to that baby's college fund. You realize that now people are just going to be like, you know what? I already I planned on naming it Matt. I want to see a birth certificate, Matthew Keith, whatever your last name is, thousand dollars <laughs> for your baby's college fund. And it has to be Miller. (laughs) You can't change. You can't use your last name. Right. (laughs) That's the rule. Or at least hyphenate it. Right. You know, something like that. Yeah. Like Miller Rogers. I even like you can have your name last. It's fine. I'm (laughs) fine with that. (laughs) It's whatever. All right. Let's keep going here, guys, because these are just going to get more ridiculous. Uh, We have a lot of listeners and it felt like for the longest time uh, we knew our demographic. It was males who like football. Uh, until we started to notice a different trend, we had a lot of female listeners. So the next category here is the stick to football first lady, the uh, lady of the year. Great listener submits questions for us all the time. Melina Brown slides into the DMs, submits great questions for us, not just off the wall topics. She does a great job, listens all the time. Uh, I think she might be an Oklahoma fan is the only thing uh, that she has that is not just absolutely perfect. I remember the first time she messaged us, she was like, hey, this is I'm actually a girl and I listen to your show. I have a question like this isn't spam. I'm not a bot. (laughs) I'm not trying to trick you. It's so sad that it took that like you have to be clear like this is real. I am a real account. And for the longest time, I really I honestly did not even believe it. I want to throw a couple honorable mentions at you. Number one, our mom who won a city council campaign, thanks in large part to stick to football you're welcome mom i think we maybe rigged the ballots and had like some uh, even people from overseas it's voting like in that liberal stuff. election uh, and then how about this one our girl Paige coon not only does she work at br so maybe she's disqualified because of that actually but old super page is amazing on twitter promoting the show interacting with the show uh, I think she has the biggest crush in the world on colton which is probably the only reason she listens i disagree i think i do you think you have the biggest crush on colton yeah I do love Paige is our girl though, so we got to shout her out. She does, and she does a great job too. Like sometimes I've messaged her to get her take on things and what she knows, and we really we need to get her on the show this time sometime 
let her talk to our listeners about what she does. She's so tuned into everything that's going on in college football. If you are not following her on Twitter, you're doing yourself a disservice. And definitely a vital part of the show, too, for the people that work behind the scenes of the show, Pleasure Report, getting us out front in the app and everywhere else. And another uh, honorable mention, of course, Jesse, our Bleacher Report uh, producer for Sick the Football First Lady. Jesse came in uh, over summer, and she's been awesome for us, helping organize the tailgate tour, helping the show grow, and just we have somebody to go to for the show, which is right. It was kind of running its own course for a really long time, so it's been great to have Jesse. And uh, my last one is definitely my mom, who texted me today and just goes. Looks like you're getting slapped around on Twitter. Laugh out loud. So shout out to my mom for making my mentions worse. I love you, mom. Freaking moms. Like, What are you going to do with the worst? Uh, All right, let's keep it rolling. We have a couple more categories. We're going to go with the tailgater of the year, listener of the year, which is very big. And then our guest of the year, followed up by a couple interviews that we have. Our tailgater of the year. We had so many of you to choose from because a lot of you guys did come hang out all day. A lot of people running through my mind here, but I think the one that we have to go with is Matt's boy, Ruben. Who also goes by his <laughs> legal name, Roman. He No, he will always be Ruben. Came all the way to Louisiana from, I believe, the Boston, Boston area. Yeah. Came and hang out with us for a weekend. Uh, we even lost, uh, almost lost him on the way to his hotel room. He put up with all of our shit while we got shit-faced in Louisiana. So uh, it was great to meet you. Thank you for traveling so far. I don't. I honestly don't know that anybody else traveled as far as he did to get to one of our tailgate tour events. Yeah, no, Ruben, and, and, Ruben's and my boy. the Rose Bowl, too. <laughs> oh, that's right. So Connor got to see him so, on the road, Oh, too. really? I didn't even oh. realize that. So yeah, the yeah. ultimate roadie yeah. goes to Ruben. I love it. Uh, and, and, yeah, that is his name forever. He's embraced it. He's fine with it. Uh, I'm going to shout out Tailgater of the Year. Uh, I'm going to be a suck-up, and I'm going to say our boys, Cole and Austin, because uh, they, they hit the road with us this year. Austin went with us to Baton Rouge and to Columbus. Super helpful Cole went with us to Ohio State, was very helpful. Cole was at the Joplin tailgate holding it down. Uh, when I ended up in an ER after a tailgate, uh, not a stick football sanctioned one, they were both there, so that was nice. Uh, they were just there for all the moments this year. Austin's going to be with us at the Senior Bowl, so he's going to keep it going. I'm sure Cole Baby is ready for the schedule to come out. Uh, outside of the Joplin office, I got a hat tip Dalton Miller because at the TCO tailgate, like that dude was with us. I think for 15 hours and it might my, my one of my favorite moments of the tailgate tour that I remember is he and Connor sharing a Moscow mule. <laughs> oh yeah. Now it was a four man Moscow mule and the two of them took it down, but it was fucking cute. It, it, uh, it, it was, was great. It's the size of a helmet too. And I thing. think was there something about like when he got picked up by his girlfriend, did she bring a dog? Yes. My, Okay. I don't even re- I don't even remember <laughs> right. that. The day kind of got away. Look from at us me there. being the one who remembers the end of a tailgate. That's, that's yeah. The first. Yeah, let's talk Baton Rouge, there, buddy. <laughs> I, I got to give a shout out to our guy JQ TV. Not only does he always send us great questions, but he drove five hours with his brother to the Ohio State tailgate. So right. a, a huge shout out to JQ TV because that I don't like being in the car for more than twenty minutes. So five hours to come down and hang out with us for the day. A big thank you. Honestly, anyone that came to that Ohio state tailgate, we interact with over a hundred people. Some of which drove two, three, four, five, six hours to stand out in the freezing rain. Uh, b- people were meeting us there at 5 AM with a case of natty light. And then there were like folks there at the end of the day still like that, that crowd was amazing. So the Ohio state should win an award is like tailgate tour spot of the year. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, we had people there waiting for us, when we got there and there are so many other people that we could thank and we could nominate for this award because you guys definitely turned out this year. Uh, you have some stiff competition for 2019 because the bar has been set very high off of what Ruben was able to do last year. Last two awards for us. Uh, we are actually going to follow up with an interview. Our listener award of the year goes to a very special listener. Haven't been able to meet this guy yet, but he interacts with the show Every single week, he does all kinds of draft on draft questions. Would you rather questions retweets the show does an exceptional job. It's almost like he's working for us. His his Twitter bio even mentions stick to football. A great job here. It's got to go to Anta Oreo. It's unanimous. There were a lot of people, Mello, uh, that could have been considered for this award. 
There were. There were but a lot of people. Winner. And there's a lot of categories, and I think this was an easy one. So we do want to congratulate you, Antha Oreo, on Twitter. You are the 2018-19 Listener of the Year. Congratulations on your sticky. Honestly, this is uh, probably my biggest life achievement. Uh, you know, college, <laughs> college is whatever, you know, sticky of the year. That's what I was, I was really shooting for. I love it. And we were trying to figure out who would win this award. Uh, honestly, it's just, you know, Ant sent us questions every week, interacted with us. And all you guys have been really awesome at that. But one thing we were wondering, because I have a feeling it was way, way early. When did you start listening to Stick to Football? Oh, day one. I, uh, How'd you I find started, us? No, because started, of Matt's I was, Twitter? I was following, yeah, I was following Matt on Twitter. And then I started following you, Connor, not too long after that. And then I, I had been hoping for you know a, a podcast that I could get into. And this is like the perfect fit. So what is it, uh, just make us feel good about ourselves here, what was it that made you kind of keep coming back? Because some of the early days of the podcast were a little rough as we kind of figured things out, especially technically, uh, as Connor and I got into a flow because I had never hosted a podcast before. So uh, it was just like, hey, we're into a podcast and and here it goes. So what was it that made you feel like, like, okay, these guys are pretty cool? You know, honestly, it, it a lot of it came from Connor, I would say, in the beginning. Um, oh, fuck you. Because I had already, I had, <laughs> sorry. I had already followed yeah, Matthew, you, Matt. Matt. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Matt. Um, I, I was already kind of aware of, you know, your style and, and through, you know, what you did on, on Twitter and stuff. And then Connor felt like a totally different take. So it's kind of refreshing to have, you know, you guys go back and forth and keep it, you know, as objective as possible. It's nice for, you know, a listener. Right. And we know a lot about you. I don't know if our listeners do, but you're also a huge Colts fan. How did you become a yes, Colts sir. fan living all the way in California? Yeah, so uh, let's see. I'll start from the beginning. So when I was uh, younger, when I was a kid, um, I didn't really have a football team. I kind of bounced back and forth just based on my favorite players. So I was actually an Eagles fan when I was like pretty little. You know, I liked uh, Brian Westbrook and Brian Dawkins and them. And then all my family gave me shit for bouncing from team to team. And so I kind of eventually decided that I needed to, to pick a team. And I, I just remember seeing Peyton Manning slaughter some poor defense one day. And it, it was all over after that. It was probably the Jets. And this year, <laughs> as we, yeah, probably knowing that uh, how things go in the world. But, uh, <laughs> but this year, you know, as we, we covered both college football before getting into the NFL draft season, uh, you weren't a college fan either. And a lot of our listeners out there, you know, were casual college fans, some of them super diehard that we met on the road. How did you end up picking Stanford and and what was it like your first season as a as a diehard college football fan for once? Yeah, you know, honestly it's it's really fun. I I would watch games, you know, real real casually. I'd watch, you know, the bowl games and the the college football playoffs and all that, but I didn't really, you know, stick long enough um around to to really pick a team and so being a Stanford fan, you know, it did kind of work with Andrew Luck being from there, and I'm I'm in California, so it's only a couple hours away from me. So it, it was awesome. I understand why you guys are uh, addicted to it for sure. And I mean, obviously, we love college football. Uh, one thing I think you do have to do, and I'm looking at your Twitter Twitter bio right here. You actually have stick to football in your Twitter bio, and that's yeah, that's one thing why Andorio yep. is a great listener. Uh, I think obviously hands down the listener of the year this year. And also you put up with all my shit. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, how's Cassidy doing? You know, she's good. We're actually uh, coming back from Disneyland right now. So, you know, got to spend a little romantic time together, you could say. <laughs> we'll enjoy it while yeah, it lasts. Doing good. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, uh, she, she wants to get married, but based on your guys' take, you know, I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> not great. Not surprised. Uh, I'll take I'll take the fall for that. <laughs> yeah. Every t- every time we shout out somebody that got engaged, I'm just like, Ugh. Oh. <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, and I do want to ask you, man. You're coming off a trip, and I, I think that one thing that we kind of buried the lead on is you actually kind of won a trip as listener of the year. I don't know if you knew that's why we were throwing money at you on Venmo or not, but you got a flight to Indianapolis to come hang out with us at the combine for free, which is, I think, pretty fucking cool. So, But you have to stay with Dan Barnes. That's, that's the downside. <laughs> yeah. You have to stay with Dan Barnes, who looks like if Andrew Luck had a, like, a younger brother who like only got half the gene pool, that would be Dan Barnes. 
And I think, uh, I think yeah. old DB was probably in the running for listener of the year. But now this is just one thing that you can hold over him because I will guarantee when he hears this news Friday morning, he's, he's going to be a little pissed off. Oh yeah. He's, he's definitely going to be jealous, but, uh, you know, yeah, the, the trip to the combine that I started out as a joke, you know, just Dan, you know, saying, let's get the, the flight fund started for Ian. And then I know Connor chimed in and I, I was kind of shocked that the, the stick to football community, you know, came together to, to get the sticky of the year, uh, a flight to, to Indy. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it is definitely awesome. Let's do one more thing uh, while we got you here. And are you, uh, you want to play a game with us? Yes, sir. Right, Choose why. Whoa. That, you it, answered that way too quickly. Yeah. It's a game you're probably familiar with. Mary fuck, kill. Stick to football style. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are really going to make me do this. Yeah. You got to. It's the rules. And you can't, right, kill, uh, you can't kill dead Dan. Too late. Nope. Okay. Okay. So, let's see. Let me think about this for a second. Um, I'm going to say Mary Connor. I'll gladly take that. The, 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 hair fan, the hair is fantastic. You know, I I can't ever, you know, take over that. Um, man, and then choose between kill and, you know, I think I'm going to have to kill Mellow because yeah. he tried to get at my girl. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'll go. take that right now. Yep. <laughs> and everyone who's ever dated me, Aunt knows I'm only good for a little time anyway. I'm not really the marrying type. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although you, everyone knows when you play this game, you always marry the person with the most money. So you actually did this wrong. I want to ask you one. Yeah, really wrong. <laughs> I want to ask you one last question. Uh, and then Connor yeah. might have one for you as well. Who is your favorite stick to football listener? Not host. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to start any fights between the three of us. I mean, I think we just, established I think we did your favorite listener as someone who listens to the show. Um, I think it, it would be important for our listener of the year to name their favorite listener. I would say it's probably a, a close call between uh, Richard Royal and Patrick Chamberlain. Uh, I think I'm going to go with, with Patrick. You know, his some of the questions that he asks are, you know, awesome. Not just, you know, the off-the-wall crazy shit, which is always fun, but he asks a lot of questions that I'm, you know, always really interested in hearing the answers to. So, so I'd go with Pat. I like that pick. That, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you've been with us literally since day one, and that's really cool. And this thing has grown into something that I, I never expected. I love all our listeners. You guys aren't just our listeners. We call it the stick to football community for a reason. So thanks so much, dude. Uh, I would say congrats, but I feel like that's taking ourselves way too seriously. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks so much, guys. You know, I appreciate everything you guys do for us uh, college and NFL draft fans. So thanks. And see you at the combine. Yeah, I'll see you guys in a couple of months. And that was Ant Oreo. Listener of the year for 2018, such a great guy. So glad that we got to catch up with him, learn a little bit more about him and why stick to football is so important to him. Our next award up right here is a huge one. It is the guest of the year. So many great guests that we've had come on this year from Peter King, Colton from The Bachelor, um, and also a little guy who kind of got popular this year, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to be our guest of the year for 2018. We are going to have a hard time finding a bigger, more popular guest than this guy, but he is our 2018 guest of the year. Let's go to Pat and see what he thinks about it. I got to be honest with you, Pat. Colton was my vote, but Matt and Connor, they outvoted me. So congratulations, sir. You are the 2018 stick to football guest of the year. I, I appreciate it. I mean, it, it's an honor. Uh, I, I've told Matt that I'm I'm working on you, Mello. Still, I know the Texas Tech is still holding me back, but I'm I'm working on pulling you over to the good side. Your play on the field this year has been pretty hard for me to dislike. I know that maybe we uh, we didn't get off on the right foot with each other, but I, I like what I see on the field. So I might be able to overlook that whole Texas Tech thing that you have going on. Yeah, I mean, y'all had a one and y'all won two games against me. I, I went one and two against Texas. So, I mean, I, I was pretty easy on y'all. I would say. I don't even know if you can really say y'all because I had no part of that. But uh, <laughs> you were the real player. I was just kind of watching from my couch eating chips while you were out there on yelling the field. at the TV. So you're up for a couple awards this year, Pat. Uh, is this the one that you were really hoping to win the most? I mean, like MVP, 
player of the year, eh, but stick to football guest of the year. I mean, that's we don't give out trophies, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it is probably the one I was really hoping I would get. Uh, I got to find out here uh, today, so uh, I'm definitely excited to be able to accept it and uh, get to talk to you two guys. It's It's been a long time coming, definitely, for you and I. So how often do you actually get to listen to the podcast? I know you probably have a pretty busy schedule. Yeah, so, for, I mean, first off, in, in the off season, I listen to, I mean, almost all of them. Uh, I How I worked out in uh, Dallas this last off season, I had kind of a 30 to 45-minute uh, drive to where I worked out at and then uh, back home. And so it was perfect for me to get to listen to it as I kind of drove down the road. And then during the season, uh, the most time I listen to it is kind of when I get when I get back home, I, when I'm studying the formations or looking over some stuff, I usually throw the headphones in and I get to listen up to you guys and y'all keep me entertained. Definitely keep me uh, laughing a little bit. So we are responsible for your success this year is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in, in a sense, for sure, you're part of the routine, I guess, part of the weekly routine. I love it. Uh, how has this year been different than you expected? The last time I talked to you was almost a year ago. Uh, the Chiefs had just traded Alex Smith, and there was like an embargo. Like, we sat down at the Super Bowl, and you were like, hey, we, we really can't talk about the trade. So yeah. the last year has been crazy for you. How has it been different than what you expected? Yeah, I mean, you, you think you're going to have success, man. I mean, you think you're going to go out there and, and put up numbers and get a lot of wins, but uh, – you don't you don't expect kind of the things that we've done uh, so far this season, and uh, we've we've put up a lot of numbers, scored a lot of points, uh, won a lot of football games. But uh, it really it really it really is uh, cool to go out there with all these guys, and uh, we're not hopefully we're not done yet. We can go out there and win a few more, but uh, it really has been cool. So going into this season, I'm sure that you had some goals for yourself. Did you really ever even imagine like 50 touchdowns? I, there's no way that could have been your goal going into the season. Did you have something like a goal that was even close to that? Yeah, well, honestly, like all I wanted to do was win. Uh, I mean, going back to Texas Tech, I put up a ton of numbers at Texas Tech, and it was cool. I had the goals about I wanted to throw for all these touchdowns and do all this stuff, but I, I really just wanted to win. Now that I'm I'm here in the NFL and with the Kansas City Chiefs, and so I wanted to win the AFC West. Uh, I wanted to win the AFC, and now, and now I want to win the Super Bowl. And those are the three goals I've had. I've I've completed kind of two of them, or at least regular season ones, and now I'm trying to win the AFC West. I mean, AFC in the playoffs and try and get to the Super Bowl and win it. What did the Chiefs do to set you up for success? I mean, obviously sitting behind Alex, who you know had been in the league for a long time. You had uh, some great coaches there with you last year. We've seen what Matt Nagy's done this year. What were some of the things that you felt like really allowed you to come in? I mean, you hit the ground running, man. And, you know, like I had some concerns about you coming out as a prospect where it was like, how quickly is he going to be able to acclimate? And you just came in and there was no hesitation at all. Yeah, I think just being around Alex this, this, this last year, uh, it really taught me of what it, what it takes to have success and be a professional quarterback. I mean, he, he is the true version of a pros pro. I mean, he's, he's watching the film, he's breaking down how the defense is going to, going to play. And me seeing that it helped me build a routine and a, a blueprint. And it, it's made me so much more comfortable in games. I mean, now, instead of just going out there and kind of just running through the plays and just relying on my relying on ability. I, I really can really dissect the defense before the snap and make adjustments during the game. And that's just a credit to uh, uh, coach Reed and the coach staff and Alex and all the guys around me. Uh, and you did talk about your time at Texas tech. So I think we have to mention uh, your previous coach, Cliff Kingsbury, moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. What kind of impact did he have on you at tech and how has that helped you in the NFL? Yeah, I, I think I mean first off, the way he was able to explain how to how to play the position of quarterback was huge for me. I mean, he he just I came from high school being a baseball player, and him teaching me how you look at the defenses, how you kind of go through your reads, and how you play it within space. And I think that's the biggest thing that has translated with me is is with the guys I have now on this offense. I mean, you, you have to when the play is not exactly how you like it, you have to be able to adjust on the fly and get to the open space and get to the green grass. And so I'm excited for him because I know he's going to put in the work and the work ethic and all that different stuff and watch the film. And he's going to give Josh, a, I mean, a, a good chance to go out there and have a lot of success next year. So with Kingsbury there, what kind of offense do you think he brings to the NFL? Because I don't want to call Texas Tech gimmicky, but it's, it's that air raid, five wide receivers all the time. And I know you kind of run something similar to Kansas City in that in Kansas City. Do you think his offense with Arizona will look more Texas Tech or will it look more Kansas City Chiefs? 
I think I think it's gonna be a mixture, man. I mean, just he has the concepts. The concepts have always been good. He's always had great concepts. He's game planned well. I think that's that's something that's undervalued is he, he draws plays versus defenses and he's been able to game plan really well his entire career. And now it's all about just evolving it and and keep adding NFL concepts, NFL plays to it. And I, I know he'll get a lot of good guys around him and I expect him to have a, a ton of success. I mean, and if you watch how NFL offenses have gone. They've went more college based. So, I mean, he's just going to go a little bit more NFL based. And, uh, I mean, he's going to hit the ground running. So, Pat, I want to ask uh, a not Kingsbury question for a, a change up here. Of this season, who hit you the hardest? Like, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to ask quarterbacks is like, I mean, you guys get to make all the big plays and you get all the spotlights, but like, who hit you this year where you were just like, holy shit, like that, that was not fun? I can't remember his name right now. I believe he's number 98. He's like the D tackle for the Ravens. But when we played the Ravens that week after we went, we were in overtime. And I think the last play uh, that we were on offense in overtime was a third down and goal. And I scrambled out to the left and I did one of those where I, I held on it, held, held on to the ball too long. And I tried to throw it in the end zone. But the moment I threw the ball, the dude's helmet hit me directly in my diaphragm. And I just laid there for a second and just trying to catch my breath. And it was one of those where you had to sit there and just just get your breath back before you got up. So he's actually a friend of ours. He's from Joplin, Brandon Williams. He played at Missouri Southern in Joplin, so it's hilarious that you said that. So yeah, I, did, uh, I did not know that, but he hit me so hard directly in the diaphragm. <laughs> that's a that's a big dude to be coming at you full speed. Settle this debate <laughs> because Matt and Connor, we got this show. We got this question a while back on the show, and it said, "Would you rather be hit blindsided by Von Miller?" or take a hockey puck to the chest. Now, I feel like you can relate to this because you've actually <laughs> been hit by Von Miller. So what would you rather do, Von Miller sack or hockey puck to the chest? Uh, man, I mean, I would say this, this, if it was a sack, I'd probably take the sack. But if, if it was a blind side where I was just kind of running across the middle and he hit me from the side, then I'd have to just take the hockey puck. I mean, that's the best, best way I could explain it is, I've hit, been hit with about a 95 mile an hour fastball, and I, I know it hurts for a while, but the singing goes away. Where the blind side, I might, I might not wake up till the next day. <laughs> yeah. So even if we went to that baseball, since you did play some baseball, uh, if we compared it to the pitch, you'd still rather take the pitch than getting sacked blindside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I could take the pitch in like the thigh, maybe. Uh, I'm not no, nothing on any bones or anything like that. It's kind of like a good. Uh, juicy area like the, like the thigh or the or the back a little bit. Man, I played some little league baseball, and one time I got a big leadoff on first base, and the pitcher threw over, and I had to jump back, dive back to first base, and I had my arm stretched out, and that ball hit me right in the kidney, and I pissed blood for like two days. So like, <laughs> I can't even imagine taking a baseball at ninety five. I mean, that realistically, that pitcher was maybe throwing like fifty five miles an hour. I can't imagine ninety five. Yeah, it, it's not fun for sure. I mean, it's almost like your whole leg or arm goes numb for a second. It's almost like you got shot. But, I mean, at least it kind of goes away, whereas uh, that hit might uh, not go away for a little bit. So, speaking of baseball, I, I'm sure you're getting tired of being asked about this, but obviously you have some ties to baseball. Your dad pitched for a long time. You were a great baseball player growing up. What advice would you give Kyler Murray? And, and you know, like you guys are have some similarities in terms of athleticism and the, the way that he plays. You are a lot bigger than he is, but – as a guy who's trying to make a decision right now, like what would you say to him if he called you? Yeah, I mean, first off, I would just say to look at, I mean, all the options. You, you kind of lay it, both the pros and the cons all on the table. And for him, he's lucky to have a lot of pros. I mean, he has a chance of, I mean, getting drafted really high in football and he got drafted top 10 in baseball. So, I mean, he has all his options on his table and just see all your options and then kind of go where, with whatever your heart says. I mean, that that was how I, I did it. My, my family and my dad and mom both, said, whatever you do, just make sure you're 100% in and you're 100% go all in with it. And I chose football. And back when, back then when I chose football, I mean, everybody thought I was going to play baseball. And so I chose football because I wanted to explore it and I knew I was going to go all in with it. And it's uh, kind of never looked back. Now, how old were you? You weren't, you weren't in college when you made that decision. Was that pre-college? Is that right? Yeah, it was, I was 17, 18 years old. And I, I, I told basically every scout and everything I was going to play football no matter what. What was that like in the recruiting process? Do you think maybe some schools steered away from you because that baseball tie? Uh, I mean, I, I won't mention any names, but there was definitely a couple schools that, that told me and my coaches that they couldn't uh, offer me and me commit. And then uh, them, I guess, me go play baseball and then lose the quarterback uh, of the recruiting class. 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I remember seeing you come through, and obviously now I think you were only like a three-star recruit, which is absolutely ridiculous. We've all seen you play now, but I just I hope that Texas wasn't one of those schools, and that's not why you uh, decided to go to Texas Tech. <laughs> I don't, I, Texas wasn't. I'll give you that. Texas was not one of the schools, but a few of them uh, did say that, and uh, I kind of I didn't understand it at the time, but I mean, I guess it is. I mean, you only get a quarterback a class usually, and so I mean, it is. Uh, they have to be picky and choosing who they uh, are going to offer. All right. Well, you say you usually only get a quarterback a class, except for during your time at Texas Tech, <laughs> uh, you had three quarterbacks, man. So tell me, do you hate Baker Mayfield as much as I do? <laughs> no, not not at all, man. I mean, me honestly, me and Baker are pretty good friends. I mean, we he hosted me on my recruiting visit. Uh, I got to hang out with him, and he's a good dude. I mean, you see all his teammates love him. I mean, he has he has that charisma. I mean, he does play. He does love to love to be the guy that uh, hated by other teams. But I mean, that's just how he gets. He does his thing, and I mean, he's had a ton of success. I mean, you watch him sling that ball around the football field, man. He can sling it, and I know he's going to keep getting better as his career goes on. That's a very political answer. I like that. I thought Melo was going to ask you if Mac Brown recruited you to play safety like he did everybody else. <laughs> it's like he got real excited to ask you a question. So no, I had to throw shade at Baker Mayfield any chance I get. <laughs> No, interesting though. I mean, when I was a sophomore, I didn't play safety and I went to a Texas like sophomore day and they, I tried to walk over to the QBs and they told me that they were looking at me at safety at the time. So, <laughs> of course. Christ. But, but, but that was when I actually played safety. And uh, so I, I didn't take too much into it. That, that's how we're going to tease the podcast uh, Friday morning, Texas recruited Pat at safety. Look how that worked out. <laughs> uh, one thing that like, you know about us and we've actually tried to like find time to like meet up and go out with you. And it it's just, it's been impossible with schedules, but, could is that even possible for you anymore? Like we we always brag about Kansas City has this like great food scene and a good music scene, and you're young, you're 23 years old. Do you even get to enjoy that now, or is it to the point where you're you're honestly too recognizable? Uh, I mean, I think I mean people definitely recognize me when I go out in public. I mean, I have the hair and all the stuff going, so I mean it's pretty easy for people to see me. But uh, at the same time, the people, I mean, y'all, y'all know are, are, are cool. I mean, they're good people. They don't really ask for pictures and stuff like that. And if they do, and if I'm at dinner, they wait till I'm kind of leaving the restaurant or, or stuff like that. And, and they're good about that. They've been around NFL uh, pro players. I mean, kind of as they've grown up and they understand kind of that we're people too. And I think that just speaks to the community that Kansas City has. Yeah, I don't have like a favorite team, but I would say that the Kansas City fan base has to be one of the top five fan bases in all of the NFL, even though it's kind of a smaller market, but it is great. What do, what do you think about their barbecue options there, though? Do you have like a go-to place? Uh, so I, I like kind of, it's, it's a lot of them really, but the ones that I, I go to probably the most are Q39 and Jack Stack. And I think that's just, they're easiest for me to get to. And then, uh, I mean, they're both accommodate me well, but I, I've, I've eaten, I've eaten pretty much all of them. And I think all of them do things just extremely well. And it is like ridiculously good barbecue. It's hard for me to stay underweight. Does, how's it <laughs> compare to being like a Texas barbecue guy? Uh, it's, it's different. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like to talk about it too much because people get <laughs> real mad either way, but, uh, it, it, it is different. There's a different taste to it. Both of them are great. Uh, but, uh, I just kind of stay on the fence about, about, uh, mentioning that, that's about. safe. Yeah. You got to be able to go back home to Texas too. Right. And I'm sure you're just slathering up that stuff with ketchup just all the time. Right. <laughs> oh, not, not my barbecue. It's like one of the only things I don't eat ketchup on. Nice. Nice. No, so this ketchup love, it's real. This wasn't just some like shtick you're doing to get sponsors, right? No, it, it's real. I mean, my mom was the one that mentioned it, but I had no idea she was going to, uh, it, it's, uh, I catch up on a lot of things. I've, I've always kind of got teased about it, and it's crazy how my mom mentioned something in an article, and then it's became such a big deal over the the whole entire season. We need to get Mama on here on the podcast next. That'd be great. That would be. Uh, I, I don't know. She would give you all the juicy details. I don't know if I can do, let's there, do that. There we go. Uh, before we let you go, because we we've taken up so much of your time already, and we appreciate you, buddy. Uh, I think what everybody wants to know is, uh, you guys are the number one seed in the AFC, and you got a path to the Super Bowl. If you make it, if you're the AFC team, who do you want to see on the other side of the field? If you guys are down there, do you want another shot at the Rams? Or do you want to take on the Eagles, the defending champs? Like, who's your your dream matchup if you make it to Atlanta? I mean, honestly, I haven't even thought about that. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you know whoever you play is going to be an awesome game. I mean, the Saints are playing at such a high level. The Rams, you get to play the uh, the uh, kind of the rematch whenever we played them out in L.A. And then uh, 
the, I mean, you, like you said, the Phillies, the, the Super Bowl chance, and then Cowboys. I mean, I'm I'm from Texas and get to play against them. I mean, I'll have people that are part of my family that will maybe be rooting against me in that game. So I mean, it, <laughs> there's a there's a the kind of like a story on each one I would play. I mean, it would be amazing just to have that opportunity, and and it's kind of like I tell our team, man, it's it's you all you have to do is is win three more games, but at the same time you have to take it one play at a time. All right, man, that's it. Thank you for your time. We we definitely appreciate you, and congrats on not only winning Guest of the Year, but winning Mellow Over. Like, you and Trevor Lawrence this year have made this dude do a 180, and I'm loving it. Yeah, man, Pat, I don't know if you know it or not, but I have, like, a thing where I don't like other Big 12 quarterbacks. You are... You're really the only one that I can think of that didn't play at Texas that I like. So congratulations on that. I, I, I appreciate it, and hopefully the we can uh, keep getting you over to the good side as we go on. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Ant and Pat for giving us time. Uh, one of those guys has a playoff game this weekend against the other guy's team, so it's kind of crazy. That, that is interesting. Synergy. Uh, Connor, unfortunately, buddy, you missed out on the Pat interview uh, because we did it at like this random-ass time, but that's how the world goes when you talk to quarterbacks. So uh, we're, we're sorry. That's twice now we've had Mahomes on, and you, you haven't been able to be on with us. We'll make it up to you. It's okay. I did not think you guys were going to be able to top when I got to talk to Todd Gurley. And then he went out and got the MVP of the league twice. Twice. Yeah. So, sorry. Uh, and I mean, we're going to have like a million prospect interviews this year and oh, so real. much more. So I can't wait. And NFL players, too. I mean, Super Bowl week's coming up. Matt's going to be home like two hours for the next three months. So good luck to Matt. Uh, it's going to just be a ton of fun on Stick to Football. It is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, like Connor said, just to give you guys the rundown. Next week, I'm at the NFL PA Bowl in Los Angeles. I'll be doing some video and articles from there uh, and, and having a blast out in the – it's going to rain every day. Uh, and then we will all be together in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl week. Don't forget, Monday night and Wednesday night, 7.30 at Draft Picks Tap Room. We're going to be doing the show live. Y'all can come in, out, out interact, uh, have a blast with us. Uh, get your draft on draft questions on drink some beer with us. We'll be handing out koozies and stickers and, and stuff. we'll be there hanging out afterwards too. It's one of my favorite parts of last year, besides the guy that tried to fight you, uh, was hanging out <laughs> after the live shows, getting to talk to some of our listeners. And you know what? If you, if you want to come try to fight Matt, you know where he's going to be. That's true. Uh, at draft picks, <laughs> oh, January 21st and 23rd. Uh, just look out for the Husky guy who's going to be behind him. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And Connor, who will also be there somewhere. So, yeah, we will have a great time. And then actually the week after that, I'm in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. So uh, if my kids are listening to this so they can remember what daddy's voice sounds like, I love you both because I ain't going to see <laughs> you for a while. So, yeah. Uh, and if you're if my kids are listening to this too, sorry I have not met you. Uh, so... Goodbye. <laughs> this is some some woman in Hoboken. This is your daddy. It's Connor. Yep. Listen to him every week. Yep. On six football Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, the Friday show is a blast. There you go. Make sure the baby subscribes. Make sure you guys all subscribe. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you can get a podcast. We're on there. We've had a blast with you guys tonight. Thank you for allowing us to have some fun on a Friday morning and hand out some of these awards. We'll be back to business Monday with draft season, uh, doing mock drafts, breaking down, coaching hires, the decisions for underclassmen, declaring, and we're going to keep this baby rolling right into Senior Bowl, Super Bowl, and then Combines. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. For Mello, Connor, this is Matt. We'll talk to you all real soon.